people need to understand is that, and they've done studies on this, when a man looks at pornography, and some of the statistics currently are saying that boys by the age of eight have now seen this. That's the new number. But when they look at your brain, your brain does the exact same thing as if it was addicted to cocaine. From one look, it lights the exact same areas up, and it's addicting. So once they look at it, you are exactly right. It has to go work. resistance chicks i want to call today's show raw and real with the gibson girls we did an episode with them last week you'll remember it was absolutely fabulous we are excited to have them with us today so tara harris and tanya joy gibson the gibson girls real life sisters in the house ladies welcome to the show well thank you we're so glad to be back thank you you know guys we're here to talk about a um a pretty intense topic that a raw and real, real that subject. really affects yeah. all of us. And I, um, Tanya has an amazing story and I'm going to bring Tara in on how we can keep our kids away from pornography. And before we start, mm. I want to give you guys a few, um, facts, statistics. Most kids today are exposed to pornography by the age of 13. 84% of males and 57% of females aged 14 to 18 have viewed porn. One out of every eight porn titles shown to first-time users on porn uh, site homepages describe acts of sexual violence. And at least one in three porn videos show sexual violence or aggression. So you mean it's not just um, like kind of an extreme version of the Hallmark movie where you just, once the bedroom door closes, you see everything that happens? No, this is not like a a nice wide shot. No. Okay. Despite how unrealistic and toxic porn can be, one Mm. in four young adults list pornography as the most helpful source to learn how to have sex. And 53% of boys and 39% of girls believe that pornography is a realistic depiction of sex. Research Mm -hmm. shows that people who consume porn tend to become less satisfied in their relationships, less committed to their partner, and more accepting of cheating. Research involving current and former porn uh, performers suggests that exploitation and trafficking are common experiences in the porn industry, Mm -hmm. with pornography ranking as the third most common form of trafficking reported to the National Human Trafficking. Meaning, if you Um, are looking mm -hmm. at pornography then you are one in three of those instances is going to be someone that has been sex trafficked. Yeah, it is. Being sex trafficked. Exactly. Yeah. Recently, I saw Pornhub who still has an account on Twitter. Thank God. YouTube, Facebook have all taken Pornhub, uh, their, their face accounts off of these sites to get you to go to Pornhub. Uh, Pornhub had, had tweeted out that, uh, you should not, uh, think, and I'm going to get this right. You should not think that, if you take any video that it would ever be, um, personal. it could end up there. Yeah. And this is, this is where we're at. We have to be able to, uh, to hit these things hard. We have to be able to talk about these porn hub advice. Don't film yourself having sex. If you can't handle it, getting leaked. Duh. 
Okay. But that, that doesn't make any sense because a lot of times people are being filmed and they have no idea that they're being filmed. Well, mm -hmm. this is, this is don't yeah. film yourself. If you know, knowingly film yourself, if you don't want it leaked. I know. I'm just okay. saying. So this is yeah. where we're mm -hmm. at with, with pornography today. Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to, we know that there's extra violence. I read those statistics from fight the new drug. That is not even a Christian site. That was a right. site set up by, uh, uh, mm -hmm. a guy who was addicted to porn and he found himself getting violent with women in his life, getting violent with his like mother, with his, mom, his, his sisters. sisters. And he found that everybody that there's a whole resource. There's wow. thousands of articles showing how, how porn rewires your brain, how yeah. porn mm -hmm. makes you violent, how porn, when you're reacting with other, when, when, when specifically men are reacting with women, it is an, it's a violent exchange. Okay. And mm -hmm. so you, it is a drug that you're addicted to. And, and the video series for fight the new drug, you find that there's, it's never satisfying with the just regular sex. Okay. You're going to go on to gay yeah. sex and then kids trafficking. It's never stays mm -hmm. where you think it's going to stay. Okay. Mm -hmm. But more importantly than what, how it affects your own mind, it breaks families and it breaks the people that you're with. So Tanya and Tara, mm -hmm. thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's another amazing organization um, that I've actually connected with and I've had them on my show called Exodus Cry. Yes. And they're out of, um, they are out of Kansas City actually, which is really interesting. The guy who started it, um, which I find this connection interesting, was involved in Kansas City when I lived in Kansas City and I was on staff at IHOP and he was part of that ministry. We were there, my first husband and I, and interestingly, my first husband was addicted to pornography mm -hmm. and would engage in that on the property during the night while he was supposed to be recording albums for very big name. Wow. Worship leaders from IHOP. So really? I find it really. So wait, tell I people found... what IHOP is. It's not the pancake. Oh, sorry. No, it's not the pancake house, the <laughs> International House of Prayer. And it's a, it's a awesome organization, you know, and they do praise and worship, worship and prayer and worship and whatever. Um, but we were on staff there when they first started. So you when, and your husband, how old were you? How, was this your first marriage? Yes. Mm -hmm. And you I was were young. young. I was young. 20s? I got married at 20. I just got married at 20. Um, we, we were about a year into our marriage and we got asked um, to, he was a sound engineer and we met in Toronto during the Toronto blessing, the, the big revival. I was, um, he was on staff there and I um, went there to ministry school and wow. we met there and had a lot of people that had given us prophetic words, which I love mm. the prophetic, but I am very against people that give prophetic words that say you two are to be married. Mm. I get very um, nervous with that because I had multiple mm. people that would say the Lord said this. Now I felt somewhat of a confirmation with that. I felt like the Lord showed me this was to be my husband. I mean, I remember being on the ground and in, in this heavy, you know, sort of out of body experience with the Holy spirit. And I felt like he showed him me that this was going to be my, my mate. And I had prayed for my husband, my whole life. I journaled, I wrote poems, I wrote songs. Like when I was 10 years, 11 years old, 16. And I was, you know, I would not have sex. I was the true love waits girl. Mm -hmm. I would pray please God keep my husband pure. Yeah. Please help him while he's, you know, going through these years. And so anyway, then we met, <clears throat> we got married. We went, um, about six months in, we moved to Texas after we were married. Can and I ask a personal question? Did you guys save yourself from marriage? Were you true love weights all the way through? No. Okay. 
So that's kind was, of the first little red flag. Yep. So you're yep. in. So they, so I want to break this down for people. Like, so because there are barriers to put up and, and red flags to kind of pull out so people can learn from it. Yep. So what you're saying is that you guys were super Christians. I was. And you were in like the baptism, Holy Spirit, yes. slain in the spirit. You guys are like it. And you still weren't, mm -hmm. you, you, something in you didn't say you're, you're like, correct. Yeah. I had waited into, I had waited and waited and then with him and it was all after we were engaged. Mm. So, I mean, it was, mm. you know, we were already like planning to be married. Mm -hmm. um, and, but that was very difficult because I always felt guilty. Mm. I always felt guilty. Like uh, I shouldn't, you know, I could have, or I almost did or whatever it might be. It's a huge red flag. And then, and it's, it's ultimately, it's a spirit of Jezebel. The root of this spiritually, this is a spirit of Jezebel that comes in and tries to attack and steal the destiny and prevent you from moving from Amen. where you're at to the next place that God has for you. That's the root of it. Okay. That's, you know, we play parts in it, but that's the spiritual aspect. And that spirit has been the spirit that has come after me constantly, constantly, mm -hmm. constantly. It's the, it's the sexual spirit that usually it entangles sexuality and entangles all of that in it. So anyway, we got married. We went to Texas. Um, then I got pregnant with our first daughter while we were in Texas and we had a computer. Now I, we didn't grow up with, we had a computer. I don't know, maybe a couple years when, before I left home, but like we didn't yep. have computers. Yep. You know? Yeah. And we did research in the library. And so anyway, <laughs> yep. um, but he was involved in technology. He was a sound engineer. He loved technology. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. I remember when Facebook came out and he was like, you need to get Facebook. And I was like, I can just call my friends. I don't care. You know, <laughs> exactly. Right. That was my excuse. But anyway, but so we got a computer. I would come home from work and we worked opposite schedules. I worked during the day. He worked at nights um, doing sound and, and stuff. And so I remember coming home a couple of times and the doors would be closed to the, our little office area. And I was like, why do you have the doors closed? You know, and he was like, oh, I'm just doing work. And I was like, OK, that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. And then I got pregnant. Then we went back to Chicago and the week my daughter was born on August 14th. And this is my prodigal. And we can tie this in. This is this is partly why she's a prodigal, because that spirit was present at her birth. So three days before I went into labor, we were getting ready to move to Kansas City. We had an offer on a house to go down to work at IHOP. And this was back during dial up. And the, the people were calling to confirm our offer and to see if, if we still wanted the house. And they couldn't get through to our house because it was busy, 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 busy. They tried for hours. And so I remember getting a call, like it was the first cell phone I had, you know, flip phone. And I got Wait, a call. Was this back in the day, if you were on the internet, you couldn't get a telephone call? Yes. I forgot. Oh, I know. Wow. <laughs> shows, shows how You're old we are. way back, Tanya. I I'm forgot. Taking way back. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> which is not that long ago, not even 25 Thank years. Thank you, exactly. It's not it's that, not long, that ago. long ago. Hello, like it's yesterday. not that long ago. Okay. That's, That's how it would noise. be. Free. Yep. <laughs> so they called my cell phone and I start calling the house and now I'm getting mad because I'm like, why is he not answering the phone? And is our phone dead? Like what's going on? And I'm, you know, nine months pregnant and I come home. He first, I don't even remember how he told me, I don't, but he said that night, I was on the computer looking at pornography. 
Okay. And I was like, I did not understand what pornography was. Yeah. I thought that meant he was looking at girls naked in swimsuits, maybe, or maybe yeah, exactly. naked. maybe. Right. Can and I, I did just, I want to interject just because I think that we have been so desensitized by pornography and naked images. We're talking, you're talking about the early 2000s, late 90s. Is that what you're talking about? This was 90s, uh, 99. 99. Okay. We got our first computer in 1997, 98. That's when we, yeah. Cause I got married in 97 and my daughter was born 99. So it was 97, 98, 99. And I just want to put people into a different mindset. So normal Christian, even kids, I didn't know what a, um, I went to a, in California, we went to California after my first year at Rama. This was in the year 299. And we went to um, Carl's Pierce. What was the guy's church? It was a black church. Oh, shoot. What was um, his name? It might've been him. Ah, Pierce. It's a, it's a big black guy. Um, Actually, he's a little man. Is a big, is a 10,000 <laughs> church, biggest church wow. I've ever been in. I'd gotta be Carlton Pearson, right? And he had a sermon. I mean, this might be funny for you guys. He had a sermon that said oral sex is not sex. And he's the whole sermon. Now here's as a, I was like 18 what? years old. It was oral sex and it's not sex. And I was 18 years old. Wow. And I, that's gotta be him. Carlton Pearson, right? Yeah. Carlton okay. Pearson. And so I didn't know. I kind of knew what homosexual huh. men did okay. uh, yeah. with, with anal things. Okay? Right. I, but I, because, because she wasn't Michelle coming home going, mom, what's a blow job? We, I, I was, that friends. was me. I didn't have like <laughs> talked about my that. mom. My <laughs> mom told me she, I remember the conversation that we had and this is, this is how my mom explained it. It was, my mom was so prim and proper and just, I will give you the answer. And I said, mom, what is a blow job? I'm hearing about this at school. And she was mm. just like, that's all she did. And I was like, she just means that that just, you know, and, and I was like, oh, okay. But Leah never asked the question, but I didn't have, I didn't need to ask the question because nobody brought it up. Yeah, it I was not something that we talked about. know that there was a time when people this was talk not about talked it. about. My girlfriends yeah. didn't know what that was. Uh-uh. We yeah. all knew what sex was because your body tells you yeah. what that is. Your body, a female body doesn't tell that to your body. Yeah. Okay. It exactly. doesn't tell that to you. Okay, right. you right. know yeah. when you're with a dude and things that you want to do because your body yeah. tells you. Guys need to know this. Can I just say this out loud? Because this is raw and real with the Gibson yeah. girls. No girl yeah. ever thinks to herself, "I would like to stick your thing in my mouth." Yes, okay? right. No. no girl thinks that. We don't want it. <laughs> Nobody wants that. You don't think to yourself that's desirable. Okay, I was with I was with one girl. Uh, she was our roommate. No sane girl. And she I should said say that she was not... married and she had a husband who wanted to do something with her rear end. And she said it hurt so bad. She cried and it was awful. Okay. But she really liked having sex. Okay. Yeah. So guys yeah. need to know that that is a, that, that particular rear end thing, that's a homosexual thing. Okay. Girls, our rear ends don't want yeah. it. Right. Okay? And this is raw and real. Yeah. And so what has happened is, and this goes into pornography. Men see women thinking, and you think that they want to do this and it comes naturally. And I feel like this is an important conversation for both men and women for mm. what comes natural because making love should be that you're like, boom, our, this it goes it together. Like a this magnet. is awesome. Yeah. I like this. I want you to do this and this, and you want to do that. And God created it and goes, woo. And we're all excited. And we end like, wow. Okay. That's yeah. God. Okay. Yeah. But at this in the nineties, 
I had no idea what oral sex was because it didn't come into my mind. And we yeah. were driving yeah. with it. it was like two years later, a year later, that somebody was talking about it. I was like, what is it? Yes. <laughs> told me in the car. <laughs> I was like, I yes. always thought it was the anal thing because I literally, my brain was like, I, uh, somebody had already told me the anal thing. And so I thought it had to be that because I didn't even think about it. So I don't even know how I was processing this sermon. Yeah. It's so like, funny. It doesn't even make sense. Like who does that? And um, I've talked and, and, and when you have conversation with girlfriends who have done certain things and my mom said, and I'll just be wrong, real, real. My mom said she choked. She couldn't even, it just, yeah. she, it, it hurt. Okay. Yeah. And so guys need to understand this. When we're talking about pornography, the things that you see in pornography, they may not, girls may actually be Hate traumatized that. by them, like trying to try yeah. them. Okay. Yes. I'm just saying we were, yeah. we had a different mindset. We need to go back yep. um, into yeah. a different mindset. If I, if you talk <clears throat> to your great grandparents, none of this stuff, they don't know. They might mm -hmm. not even know what this stuff is that we're talking about. And so yeah. it's societal. Right. It's not even just a Christian thing. So Tanya, back to your story yes. where you were like, I just thought maybe he was looking at girls in swimsuits because you didn't know. Yes. I didn't know what, what pornography, pornography was. was. And, and I, I just thought it was videos of people having sex. That's all I had that no I ever idea. thought. Yeah. I had no idea whatsoever. And yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I just went, well, that's stupid. We're almost losing our house. Like I literally just moved past it because I right. didn't know what he even meant. Mm-hmm. And then the years went on, you know, and then it that led to eventually when I was expecting my second child, he ended up meeting somebody because back then you would go to chat rooms. Yeah. So chat rooms yeah. are now your social media private messages. Yeah, that exactly. way. Now it's Snapchat where you can send a message and it deletes, which I'm going to tell you it never deletes. But, you know, the concept is that it deletes off the Internet. No, anything that ever gets put on the Internet remains. They yeah. can always dig it up and find it. Sure. So then he ends up in a chat room eventually meets a woman yeah. who was from, I believe, Boston. She had a child and Boston. He, you guys are when she caught where are you? No, at? We were in Kansas City. You're in Kansas oh, City. Right. The guy's in Boston. And okay. he was getting ready to book a trip to go see her. OK, cool. Wow. wow. And meanwhile, yeah. we're on staff. At IHOP. Of course you are. At the I'm one of the worst house of prayer people. At the house of prayer. Yeah. He's running all of, he's doing all the recording of every event. And they used to do albums every, every month, every six weeks, they would put out another, it, they were the ones who started live worship recordings. Mm, I remember that. That was, and I mean, this story goes so deep, y'all. We don't even have time for it all because the two guys who were, I'm going to expose this. Both my husband at the time and the other guy who was running these, they were both in charge of all of these live albums. When I got to, the, I'm skipping forward. When I ended up divorced from my husband, the guy who wanted to take me and marry me and fix everything was the other guy that was working with this. That man led me astray and was married the entire time. And he's the one who actually uh, visually introduced me to porn. Wow. wow. So, and that's guys, when I realized what it was. Those okay. two guys. So, wow. We are, and honestly, guys, this goes back to prayer and, 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 and worship music. And I will tell you guys something. Mm, here it comes. Some of the feelings that you get are erotic and not the Holy Spirit. Oh, she said it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and mm. now we are in a place yeah. where mm. we have to discern between God actually moving, which is repentance and whatever, 
I don't care what anybody thinks you can sanctify. You can't sanctify that. These are spiritual ties. And if you are, if you were listening to those international house of prayer worship things that were, 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 were recorded by these guys, there is a demonic spirit attached to that. Is that not terrible? A lot of these people are gone stray, gone astray. Because the demonic spirit attached to this supposed worship. You don't think the devil's in the church? Wow. People to be burning to cast these people out of the church. I mean, the the Bible talks about wolves in sheep's clothing who will lead people straight. What does the devil want to do? Oh, there's this movement. People are coming to know Jesus. They're getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm yes. in there. I'm going to twist their minds so they can send out and twist thousands of people. And when I was growing up, yep. it was something that we yep. talked about in the yep. church a lot about the devil Amen. being the chief musician. And I always had passed down and you kind of like International House of Prayer. And yeah. I went to Rama and I and everybody kept wanting to go there. And I had a bad feeling about it. Because I felt like it was worldly yeah. and sexual. And had they, and so had they and you have confirmed yeah. it, had they been discerning, they would have been able to weave this mm. out but obviously they missed the ball as well you okay so sure sin, thank here's you. the thing the sexual sin and particularly this area of pornography which is the same it's just sexual sin that's all yeah. it is it's deception and it's sexual sin the church as the church at large now the world already ignores it the mm. world has no problem with it they don't care exactly the church i'd say 95 to 99 percent are exactly the same way because you know why it's secret you close the door or you you're private you know and so they can get away with they think they can get away with it right when that happened Mm. with us we were on staff and he told me that he was getting ready to and i knew i'm the one that confronted him i knew he was looking i thought he was looking at pornography again because every time he would come home he would outside put the key in the door to unlock and my daughter, who's my prodigal, would wake up screaming before he opened the door. And it wow. happened night after night at like two in so the morning. So he would three. come home? The second he would open the door, he was bringing that spirit. She's very sensitive spiritually, my my prodigal. And which door? I, the door to the? Just like the house, the outside door. The door coming home. Just coming into the house. Just mm. coming into the house, your daughter. So we screaming. were up in our bedrooms. She was in her wow. nursery. I was in my room. I would know he was home because she would wake up and start crying every single night. Mm. And after maybe two weeks, because I was, you know, I'm young and I'm mad, like, whoa, now she's waking up. He's coming home. He must be waking her up. And then all of a sudden, one night, I remember coming in the room, flipping the lights on. He's in bed. And I said, what the hell are you doing? Are you looking at pornography again? Because you are bringing an evil spirit into this house. I know it. Wow. And it was within mm. a couple of days then that he told me about this girl. And so you're he saying that he was having, you know, phone this, sex with her, basically. Yeah. So this is this is this is a really great story. Michelle could tell you her mm. story later. Um, I don't want to tell my story. Yeah. OK, but <laughs> here's the, the, oh so yeah. this is like the beginning of it. And what you're saying is that pornography and affairs bring in evil spirits. It absolutely does. Yeah. It's connected mm-hmm. to, it's connected to the spirit of Jezebel, which is, you know, and, and Leviathan really. And it's a very, very, very intense spirit, Dark very people. intense. It's a very difficult Dangerous. one to break it, Yes. And pornography when they, so because of that, when I was young, that created me to start learning more about it. Now it took me a very long time. I've been affected by this in every marriage and I have yet to meet a man who has not had an addiction with pornography yet. I have never met one, never once. 
that like I've dated or, you know what I mean? Like thought about dating never. Mm-hmm. Um, and now and I have guys say, say Oh, I it. didn't. What's that? They usually say they're over it. Correct. I've had people say mm-hmm. that, but here's the thing because of the studying I've done on it and the inner healing I've gone through because I was exposed to it. Right. I watched mm-hmm. it. So your second marriage was with, was, was with this guy from the international house of prayer. No, no, no. Um, that guy, we just dated. We never okay. were married. Um, but, it, but he introduced it, you to porn. Yes. And so he made you watch it. Uh, Is that what yep. you're saying? Uh, and that's when you, just I am learning. Porn. So I am learning so much about you. Tanya. I love this so much. This is so, this, this is here's awesome. The thing. This is raw and real because honestly, Tanya, I guarantee you that over 50% of our audience has the same kind of story. Well, and the thing is, is that I lived, it's very shameful and it's very embarrassing. Yeah. And so it was only until the last, well, three years ago, the Lord started me on this journey with him. And as I moved closer to him, the more he started to show me, yeah, those things can be turned to good. Come and the on, only way they can be turned to good is if I talk about them. Yeah. It's still embarrassing. It's still shameful. But it's not. But yet like, it isn't. From the outside, from the outside looking in, this is what I'm thinking. And I know our audience is thinking this exact same thing. Like we're not, we've totally detached Tanya Joy that we're listening to, to Tanya Joy of the past. Like that's a completely so different what, person. What you're talking about and we're just going like, right? But I want people to understand this. that women that are in that. Yeah. That is a real feeling. So oh, I yeah. want to make sure that they know mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it's hard. It makes it, it does make it more difficult. Like it, it, oh, yeah. it is a more, it, so you're a, a diff- Christian. Were you following Christ? Like when you're with yes. this? So, so this, this international house of prayer guy, which I'm, you know, I get, I get, I get to, I think to myself, I just, can I go punch someone? I know, I know. <laughs> I know Facebook, whatever. Matt, seriously, you've got to be able to defend people's honor, especially girls I know who were trying. Here's the thing. If your first husband had decided, hey, Tanya, we're going to save ourselves from marriage, you would have. Okay. Yes. So that's the key. Okay. That's so important. Like, because you weren't the, I'm guessing you weren't the one like seducing this, this young man. And he's like, no, no, no. I want to save myself from marriage. I'm telling you what. It's always the girls where you're like, no, and you make a stand and you tell them ahead of time, these are my boundaries, right? Yep. And so any, I, listen, I'm all about equality in, in so many different ways, but I'm going to be just straight up honest in a situation and any relationship where the female starts out by saying, these are my boundaries. These are the rules. And any man that crosses those boundaries, the onus is almost a hundred percent on the dude. Okay, because men Mm -hmm. know how to manipulate and take advantage. Now, there are women that have a Jezebel spirit who men Mm -hmm. make that same stance. These are my boundaries. And women have those wily ways. Okay, so I'm but so there is there's two different things here. But we need to understand that when any person, I guess I should say, in a relationship says these are my boundaries and this is what I want to stick to. If the other person is the one that's pressuring, the onus is on that person that's yep. doing the pressuring. Mm-hmm. But because men are are mm-hmm. men, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little bit different. That way. Well, it it's designed right. that it's way. Men are made visual. To, to men, men, God, God made mm-hmm. a man to be visual. Yeah. 
Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Th- that's how they were made. Women aren't yeah. visual. Do you know what the newest? So I, I, I followed the same uh, fight, the new drug. And do you know that when they just did a recent survey, there are more women when they were told that um, reading porn is counting as porn. Do you know that then there are more women who who acknowledge yeah to be addicted to it because yeah. they read all the novels. Think exactly. of 50 shades of gray. I'm going to be honest. I read those books because I was going, because here's uh-huh. what happens after a woman has a, a mate or a husband who then once I figured it out, well, my confidence, people look at me and they just assume I'm this confident. No, I am not. I am not. I probably have worse self-esteem than most women because when multiple men do that, Exactly. Well, that means I'm not good enough. Right. So, and Mm. I was pregnant at the time, both times. So it's like that plays an impact. And then you go, well, I'm already damaged goods. Right. Who's going to want me? Who's going to care? Who I've already been there, done that. Who cares? So I became very promiscuous when I was not Mm. married. I never was never because Mm. I had no value. I didn't know who I was. I didn't realize that I am still a daughter of the King. There is still worth. There is still. And that's Mm. why when the Lord said to me, it's been two and a half years now, almost three, he asked me to covenant to literally covenant with him. He asked me if I would marry him like an engagement. And I said, I have to think about it. Yeah, (laughs) I seriously did because I knew what he meant. And what he meant was, will I keep my heart pure only to him. Will I not even allow my heart to consider other, other men for a certain time period? And I said, yeah, I took about 10 days and then I said, yes. And that started this journey. That's what then led me to go. I don't want to hurt the Lord. I don't, he's my husband. He has been taking care of me as a husband. I don't, I don't want to waste I mean, I love sex. I like, I can't wait till I'm married again. Like, I hope to God that, you know, I get to get married again. I've been there, done that. Like, that's even worse because you know what it is. Mm -hmm. But that is not worth even 20 minutes or, I mean, like, it is not worth that to lose Mm -hmm. the closeness with the Lord. Yeah. It is not worth it. So I have a question for you when it, when it comes, you said that, that pornography essentially kind of played a huge part in kind of the downfall of each one of your marriages mm-hmm. after the first one, when was it that you kind of realized and started putting two and two together that it's, it's this pornography that is um, the sexual sin. Mm. That's, that's kind of the big issue here. Three years ago. Wow. And what I, was the catalyst? Yeah. Because what happened, it was the last marriage. And what happened was in that marriage, I had told him before I didn't, I wasn't, I was like, I'm not getting married. This is, you know, th- this is just not good. And he kept pushing and he was involved in inner healing. Again, it's He's always, yes, they were all, yes. They he were was, all Christians? Yes, of course. Of course they were. Yep. And he would say, oh, I want, let's go to the counselor and let's talk about, make sure we're really a good match. And, and I bore all this stuff about the ex-husbands and, and the stories and, and the pornography. And I said, and it was, and he was like, 
Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. That just breaks my heart. He would hug me. I can't I'm even so sorry. Wow. And then we were married. Now then he wanted to have sex with me. Okay. He, okay, he was before you willing, were married before we were married, of course. But then once we were married after like, you know, there was problems in the marriage that all of a sudden a real close, my, my best friend, she knew him before I did, but she didn't know me. And she knew he had this issue, but she didn't know me. So she couldn't, she couldn't tell me. She didn't know wow. who I was. She wanted to get to know me. We ended up becoming friends. And one day she called and she said, he's still addicted to pornography. And I said, he doesn't have that issue. She goes, you need to talk to him. And meanwhile, Whoa. my phone's blowing up and he's admitting to all of this. Wow. And that's when I said, you're dead to me, basically. No. That's when I said, and, and this is what happened. Then I turned and like what goes back to what Tara was saying. I turned and I said, Lord, what is it in me? What is the, I know that I didn't, the, the sexual stuff that was not on me, but what is it in me that I am missing that I am looking to these men to fill? Mm -hmm. What is it in me that is missing the red flags? What is it in me that's missing the discernment? I am discerning for everybody else. Why am I missing it for myself? And that's the three years ago when I started this journey and I started going through deep digging. I mean, got the shovel out and dug and went, oh, that's going to suck. And I don't like that one, but it's coming out. Yeah, I haven't arrived. There's still things that I'm working through in that. But that's mm -hmm. when I realized it. And the more I started to do that and allow God to expose that as yucky as it was, that's when I started going, oh, my gosh, that's that was mm -hmm. those were the spiritual aspects that were bringing in the destruction. So I want to ask you one more question. Then I want to bring mm -hmm. Tara in because Tara has uh, young people in Little her boys, house yeah. and there's mm -hmm. I mean, we had dial up. Okay. We had, we didn't have the computers. Yeah. I don't know what, and I want to maybe have you give some tips for parents because this is, mm. you know, the sexting and all these different things you can't get away from it. But, um, Tanya, were there other things that besides like, oh yeah, it's kind of like an affair and it really hurts, but were there other things that were damaging to your relationships that you saw because, yeah, of because the yes, because what happens, what people need to understand is that, and they've done studies on this. When a man looks at pornography and some of the statistics currently are saying that boys at the, by the age of eight have yeah. now seen this, that's yeah, the yeah. new number. But when they look at your brain, your brain does the exact same thing as if it was addicted to cocaine mm -hmm. from one look, it lights the exact same areas up and it's addicting. So once they look at it, you are exactly right. It has to go worse. And so what then the men mm -hmm. expect more, like you talked about, like, you know, the backside, that's an expectation. That's like a fantasy that they have and that they think that they should do. They, um, they, they don't have a respect. It's my, my last marriage. Uh, there would be times where I would say, honey, I am so tired. Like, can we have sex tomorrow? And, and we had a great, I mean, like it, it worked well, put it that way. I'm like, can we just, please, can I just sleep? Two times he flipped the lights on and walked and lectured me because I was not fulfilling his needs. Mm -hmm. Men, that is wrong. That is sinful. That is wrong. That is not the way Christ loves the church. When, when we go, can you just hold us? We're just tired. Yeah. You had better find a way to do that. So that yeah. is, that's an, that's a side effect from it. They feel entitled. They think we're a man. We have needs. We can't control. So you can't control your needs. 
we have to control needs we have. Mm. They may be a little different, yeah. but you still have control over them. No, okay, talk about that for a second, Tanya, because yeah. you just said something really important. You said, can you just hold me? Okay, so mm. females actually have a, a, almost a stronger need. I won't say stronger, but we have a, a very real need to be held. Yeah. Just held, okay? Because it's so safety. That's a need. So the, so and actually a real godly man would want, want to, to fulfill, fulfill that. that. So this is, this is not like, Hey, mm -hmm. the, the equivalent of asking, you know, your wife to do crazy weird porn things. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, we've all seen the, the cowboy movies where the, you know, that he, this wants to hold you. That is actually when a man is loving the way Christ loves the church okay, with the way Christ loved the church, he wants mm -hmm. to hold you. He wants to embrace you and he wants to. And, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about what you're saying is that your marriages weren't based on love. They weren't based right. on the word of God. And um, maybe we can get Tara in here. Um, did you have any of these experiences? Uh, what, what have you, can you say that there's a different way to do things? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's like, we're all just sort of go through the motions and, and in hindsight, you look back and then you can maybe see a different path that, that someone went through because of those choices. But also it's like going back to what I said earlier, a lot of it is, um, each story is so unique that God has put you on to to oh. walk because um oh can you hear me yeah. um because i i never you know i never dated i was very dating goodbye um tanya always had boyfriends i mean she was always more boy crazy than i was um and you know this isn't sharing too much because our, our family is very open as well. But um, you know, we experienced this in our childhood of sexual sin, I guess you could say, um, back from our parents, because my dad had had an affair um, when we were young on my mom. And so we knew things. And I, I mean, the way I found out about it, I was like 12 years old and my parents were having an argument and I would always stand up for my dad and try to defend my dad. And now being a woman with kids and a husband, you know, I don't, I, I can't, blame my mom but she at my dad and hurt and wounded and so she didn't want to hear her daughter try to defend this man who really hurt her and out of her anger and her own you know issues she just blurted out well <laughs> your dad that's not great i was 12 years old and i'll never forget i was at like denny's um at you know eating after school and i remember being like what and just so confused over it but um that was something that we worked we had to work through for many years growing up and and I know from that moment, I really changed in how I viewed men. I was very hesitant and didn't think that I could trust anyone. And my dad would always tell us girls like, oh, you know, be careful because guys only want one guy. They only want one thing. So I grew up literally kind of afraid of men and wow. not having brothers, you know, it was just my sister and I, um, we weren't around a lot of boys anyway. And so I was very scared of men. And I look back in high school and, and, and even to this day, like, it's really awkward because we have all these great 
couple friends and my husband's a big golfer and I love all the golf guys he golfs with and their wives. But I still, to this day at 42 years old, I feel very awkward when, when I'm around those men. Um, I don't know how to, to act because I don't want to come across as flirtatious. I don't sure. want them to think that I'm wanting something different. I'm very just very standoffish. And um, I never had a boyfriend and never kissed anyone until I was 24. And it was to my husband. And, you know, I was at, I'd already been competing for three years at Miss Texas. And, you know, by the world standards, people probably thought that I could have had any guy and I probably was dating or sleeping around. I never did that. I'm now, I did go on a lot of blind dates. People set up with me and I got free meals and it was really exciting, but that was pretty much it. And, um, so I, I was very prudish and, um, it, it took a special man to probably break that of me. And, and that was my husband. And so, and you know, it's, I've only been with him and, um, and he ironically, when we were at Baylor, um, we didn't know each other at the time that we both were at, actually at Baylor, he's a Christian fraternity. And he was the accountability uh, person that they appointed for those boys or men, young men in that Christian fraternity that were dealing with any second or whatever. And so he was in charge of, there was a couple different guys that he was given to monitor and keep accountable on pornography, uh, any sexual stuff. And so he that he had to download to these guys uh, computers. And if they were to go, and he, and he actually talks about a lot, even to this day, he goes, what's sad is even though these young guys that were friends of mine knew that I was monitoring, that I was going to get an alert if they went onto any of these sites, that it would alert me. He goes, they didn't care. They would Wow. Do it. That addicting yeah. it was. And he said, you know, he would, I, I, I got this notification because yeah, I know I'm, I, mean, I was just really, and so it's interesting. So that wasn't something that my husband struggled with. I'm not just, he, he's still a guy. I'm not saying that there's still, you know, but he's really good at like the movies and the stuff he watches. As soon as there's like a heated sex scene, he likes more because he's awkward because I'm in the room or because we have kids that could be coming in, but he's always kind of just like, Oh, fast forward it type thing. Yeah. But, um, but it's a, I, I don't know what, again, the rhyme or reason to it. I don't know why. So, but your so your husband first, was a Christian, story. right? When you met your husband was a Christian. Yeah. Yes. Did you guys, were you guys yes. and he, too personal? I mean, did you, were you guys, did you guys save yourselves from marriage? Both of you? Well, we actually did not when we were engaged, which I feel, I mean, I mean, we're still great. Like our marriage is great. So it's not like we're Tanya's, but I do feel like there was more of a blessing if we would have waited. Um, but again, that's that sexual um, desire when it, it's hard. I mean, now I always say when you know it's the right person, don't have a long engagement, just get married quickly. Like you don't want to like drag out an engagement because it is harder, you know, to wait when this is the person God has for you. Um, but you know, otherwise, yeah, I mean that, that was definitely something I wish we would have been stronger on, on, you know, keeping, um, keeping that sanctity that I think God wants. I mean, I know he wants for us, but, um, but I mean, that, 
that's neither here nor there. There's nothing I can do now to go back to it. Yeah, but yeah, no, um, this is a question because I'm noticing like the same pattern um, with a lot of Christians, you know, if God has like barriers for us, right. And yeah. they're not barriers because he's mean and he's angry. Mm-hmm. No, but it's a he, blessing. It's a, it's a blessing. Yeah. And so I think what you're saying is that our society at large has pretty much taken off the guardrails. That's really And yeah. basically, you know, we're kind of like toddlers saying, mm-hmm. go drive. Everyone yeah. jokes mm-hmm. about the old fashioned way of courtship and your family being involved. And yes. it's the best they, way to do spending, it. Not spending time yeah. alone with the other person. Like yeah. you can't sleep with someone if you're always yeah. with them with your family or yeah. somewhere, uh, you know, where eyes are watching and these kinds and of things. Society's you know, just completely was, different now. There was just something yeah. that my mom had had told me when I was young. She's like, Leah, if you start kissing, it's hard to stop. Then, right. You're yeah. not designed to do that. And I know this might sound prudish mm. for a lot of people, but you know, when we go back to the biblical times, if we're going to be, are we, are we going to be Christians? Or are we just going to take the parts of the Bible that we want? Or are we going to go back to what, mm. what is God's best for us? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, there is something to staying apart and not having that physical intimacy. Like in Jewish cultures, they don't like males and females don't even touch until they're married. Like physically, yeah. they do not even, yeah. their yeah. body does not touch at all. And ever. here's yeah. the reason guys, because I look around all the time. This is a weird thought. I look at all these people driving their cars. I'm like, two people made you. Okay. Yeah. All these people were made by two people because the 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 natural course of things is so strong. And it's yeah. meant to be that way. You know, if uh, I look at a so if yeah. you've ever seen like a piece of wood put together, like a like a dresser or something, mm-hmm. you know, they make these joints. Thanks. But yes. they put glue in yeah. and the glue keeps the joints together. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you mm-hmm. take a piece of furniture and it can just kind of fall over. Mm-hmm. And the, the desire, the sexual desire is this glue that's supposed to keep something mm-hmm. that's good yeah. together. And yeah. when we take that outside of God's uh, perfect order, what we're it saying is that God, we know best. And yeah. so when yeah. we just take a step back and take a bird's eye view and we look at society uh, and Tara, maybe you can answer this. Does it look like we're doing a good job? No, no, because the world tells you that that's just be in a group setting, because how do you know that that person is going to be totally different? I hear people talk about that with living with each other before they get married. Well, how do I know that I can live with this person if I've never lived with them before? I mean, these are the things and the lies that the society culture tells us and, and you know, obviously living together, like I would not do that. Now we did buy our house when we were engaged, but I was still living with my mother-in-law in in Fort Worth and I was working night shift at at the hospital as a nurse. So we really were never actually living at the house together. But like when he would be at work and I was not working that that day, I would go like decorate and do stuff, but we weren't married yet and I wasn't living. And I mean, I was I, I think I care too much about what people think. And I, sure. I started to meet our neighbors and I'm like, I don't want them to like see my car always there and assume that we're like, we're married. So I, I wouldn't do that. I'd stayed at my mother-in-law's, but, um, but still like, I think that there is a lot that this, that the people, especially Christians now are starting to believe that is not holy and it's not, it's not what God has designed for us. 
Um, so, you okay, know, it's so hard now raising kids because you're just that's like, that's my next question. You, yeah. you went down a path. It, it turned out. Okay. How come where well, your kids come and say, Hey, yes. you and dad had sex outside of marriage and you're fine. What are you going to say to them? What do you tell you? What do you say to your kids? How do you navigate this raising your kids as a Christian parent? Well, you know, I look a lot of what my parents did for Tanya and I, and I really, really loved how open and honest my parents have always been with us. Yeah. There's nothing taboo. Like even what you guys were talking about, like oral sex and like an answer from your mom. And you're like, no, just tell me. Oh no, we, we did not have, were like overload vomit on us. They would tell us. Yeah. They would like, tell oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah. They were very, well, and you know, like, and, but if it, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so, you know, my son is 21 now and he's got kind of his first big girlfriend. I've been very transparent with all my kids. I mean, to the point where they're like, we don't want to hear. And I'm like, you need to understand because this is what I went through and you yeah. lived the repercussions of that. Mm. You've mm -hmm. seen what your dad, you've seen what happened. You don't have a dad. You've yeah. seen what the destruction with my Bingo. son. I talked to him about pornography. Ooh. I flat out say, you need to understand. I will not stand by and watch my grandkids be destroyed by this. Ooh. And mm -hmm. this to me, it's like a heart disease. Mm -hmm. If you're prone to heart disease or alcoholism or whatever it is, because it's literally in the DNA, That's get it. rid of it. Don't let it Ooh. near you. You're, I'll tell my son, that's what Lee and I do. Your alcohol, family right? is yeah, prone yeah. to pornography because it's what you was in your dad. Your dad did that. He brought it in. You have to make the choice. And I mean, it's, it's difficult because I'm the only mom. There's no man. I have to tell him, you know, and of course he has to make his own choices. I don't know. You know, it's not like he's going to sit and be like, he, he's not the type of kid that sits and talk, but I constantly well, and that's what I was, you know, I don't even know. I should have asked Tanya, you know, my, my middle son, my little kid, he's still super naive and innocent. Um, and, you know, like he just discovered like two weeks ago that our elf on the shelf isn't real. Okay. He's sixth grade and 12 years old. And he was like, oh my gosh, what? And so he's just, you know, he's very much like me. He's just, just very naive. I'm not going to be naive enough to think that that there's something that could pop up on one of his friend's phones if he's playing, you know, whatever. And so I need to read the conversation with my son Cooper and, and tell him, but it's uncomfortable. So we were raised with a family that was very open and talked about everything. And so you would think that then that we would parent our kids, but I feel like every generation flip-flops. Oh, because yeah. now I was raised that way. I feel really awkward and I don't know how to have those conversations with my kids. I'm like, why is this so weird? Like I had parents that modeled that to me, but I feel like I don't know how to do it to my kids. You know, what I think I it's weird though. That hard conversation. I think honestly, right. Tara, it's not that. Unfortunately, when we talk to kids about these things there, we don't want to plant a seed in them. It's we don't want to actually it. hurt them. So, so you have yes. to wait. You have to know at the right um, timing. Yes. Exactly. Because yes. you don't want to yes. be damaging and stealing their innocence. And so that's, what my mom always true. did is she just she waited until the th until I already had an issue to deal with. And then she dealt with it. Mm. Right. OK, that's a good. But idea. the only thing I will add is with the pornography, um, because oddly, my daughters have come, my, my daughters both came across pornography on their phones and my youngest, it took years 
to really get to the point. And to now she wants no social media. She has no social media. She has a basic yeah. phone. She doesn't ever want an upgrade. I have her phone. She's 17. Her phone is connected and it's locked as if she's underage. That's wow. awesome. Because it got mm-hmm. to the point where she was seeing it and it was, it's very disturbing. And it, I'm telling you guys, if all, if mm-hmm. all you do is scroll on Twitter or Instagram, yeah. there is porn TikTok. everywhere. I know. It's I all know. Porno- now, pornographic. So. And, and my, my 15 year old daughter, she still, I mean, she has a phone, obviously one she's gone and, you know, I have to know when to come get her and stuff like that for safety, but she has no social media. Yeah. And in fact, just last night wow. she came home, she went this is it that we were talking about this. She went to Six Flags, which is, um, well, Great America is what they call it in Illinois. Here in Texas, the amusement park is called Six Flags over Texas. Been there. And so yep. she went um, yesterday. Yeah, okay. So she went yesterday with t- uh, three of her friends, which again, firstborn kid, it's this whole new territory of when do I give her freedom? When do I protect her? And it has been six months of me and my husband talking, talking to other friends, kind of getting a census from other people. Is she safe? It's because, you know, she's 15. Texas is the number one sex trafficking hub in all of America. Like it is huge. And so I get nervous because I'm like, do you know how easily someone could just snatch you, drug you, you know, do something. But she is not um, naive at all. She's a very smart street smart smart kind of kid. And so, yeah. And so, and she's a, she thinks that she could just out maneuver and out man, a big man, which that, that has been a difficult conversation to have because my husband has had to explain to her, but she's that, you know, a women's lib, but she's channeling it in the wrong way. And I understand this is how young teenage girls feel because you start to come into the realism are just more powerful. They yeah. are just stronger. And it's, it sucks. It sucks to be the girl who's a 14, 15 year old girl who feels like you are weak and incapable of a man. And I right. get it. Cause I was that girl. I, I hated that. And I kind of going along the lines of finding out my dad and what happened to their marriage. You start hating men because because you are just horrible people and you know, that's, they're all sexual and they're all going to rape you and they're all going to have affairs on your women. And you really, cause that's what the society and the culture, that's what Satan wants. He wants us to start to belittle men and to not trust men. And right. then you have women's right down a family because women don't need men. We don't need husbands and fathers, all of these things. It's a bad, bad road to go down, but I understand how easily it can happen because look at statistics. Men are struggling. Men are being attacked by the spirit. They are. I mean, Satan has got a stronghold over pornography, over all of it. And so it's, it's a battle. And so anyway, my daughter ends up going to Six Flags yesterday with these three friends and two of them are, are boys. One of them being an 18 year old boy from her private school. And then, you know, freshman and I have life 360 on the phone. I can like literally see what ride she's going on at that moment. It's great. Um, 
but she got home last night and she was telling me, she's like, oh my gosh, mom. So I'm standing in line to go on a roller coaster and um, my friends didn't want to go on the roller coaster. So they were waiting for me. And so I'm by myself I'm in the line. Cause I told her, I said, do not be by yourself. Ever. If you have to go to the bathroom, you go with the group. You never leave. Well, this, she's like ratting herself out. She's going on this one roller coaster and, um, but she's standing there and this, this guy, she says he had to have been in his early twenties and my daughter's 15 and he's standing there talking to her. And then after a while, he's like, how old are you anyways? And she said, I'm 15. And he goes, Oh gosh. Okay. I'm, I'm moving up here. And he actually like left and went somewhere, which I was like, okay, that's a good guy that like, was like, Whoa, I was almost hitting on a 15 year old. Now I'm like 20. So like he kind of moved on, but it was good first of all, I'm very glad that my daughter feels safe enough to talk to me about these things because it gave a great dialogue because I kind of played the what if, well, what if he didn't react that way? What if he yeah. kept on trying to hit on you or, right. you know, tr trying? And then she said she met this other boy yesterday and he was like a 14 year old boy there for a church group. And they exchanged numbers, which we had a whole conversation. You don't just exchange numbers with anybody. Um, and then she says, but mom, like last night after I got home, he was like texting me and he was like wanting sex. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? And she goes, yeah, I blocked him and I um, took him. I took him off of my phone, but then I block because I said, well, that's fine. You take him off of your phone, but now you gave him your number. She goes, mom, you can block people. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> So you won't go. So and but then of course last night she's like, could I please get Instagram because all of my friends that that's how they like talk with each other. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to talk to your dad about that. But still, I would like, say well, absolutely 15, not. I'm hold out as long. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. So I'm like, I'm uh, I've, I've, I've seen there are yeah. actual porn stars that post on Instagram and they post pornographic material. And yeah. it is this not is the navigation. And I know that Tara has to go because um, you're busy. Mm. You got to go. But this yeah. is the nightmare, yes. the absolute nightmare of being a parent. Yeah. Because yep. here's the thing. If you had yes. if we exchanged phone numbers and we were a kid, yo mama going to answer. Correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> OK, because this know. is the home phone. Yes. And there yes. ain't nobody nowhere you can go, because even if you got a yes. little wireless, you can only go 20 you feet can, from the house. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So we can follow you. That's okay? right. Yes. With these cell yes. phones, man, you can just go anywhere and you're at school and I'm at my friend's house. Yes. And then the cell phones have pictures. That's what we talked about. Yes. These kids are sexting. They're, I never yeah. would. None of my girlfriends would ever have thought to take a naked picture of themselves and send it to no. somebody. Not just a naked picture, yeah. but and a let me tell you, picture. Let me tell no. you, yeah. as, a, as a single female and kind of, getting more known because of the show and different things and speaking. I don't care if they're Christians or non-Christians or conservative or non-conservative. They all are the, I hate to say this and men, I apologize for the few that are not all the same. Okay. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. The majority of them are the exact same way. They will send inappropriate messages. And I I'm to the point now where I'll, straight up mm. say you got the wrong girl that's not me mm. not interested mm. it doesn't and that's end. the important thing to and to raise your kids to be strong that way to raise yeah. my boys going back to our our story before is i want my boys to know you always look out for girls if they are in a compromised position 
situation if they if in high school and they were drinking and they're like so wasted you better go and protect them you better better go somewhere safe and if you see any buddies that are trying to do stupid stuff to the girls you better stand up I want my daughter to stand up and say that is not me like what you're saying Tanya like you have to just have this great conversation and open communication with your right. kids where they can tell you things but you know that's the biggest takeaway as parents um right. because you have to like my my 15 to always remind me mom you've got to at some point trust me not like for Instagram she's like I will not be a part of anything that is not of God and so I have to like eventually you do get to a point where I mean you can't protect them 18, forever you don't you don't want to let go yes and so you do have to start trusting but we put to tell after them. yeah at our house after my prodigal daughter went through it and then my son had like a little girlfriend when he was like 15 and I talked to the mother and like, we had all these rules and like, okay, they can hang out, but you have to watch them. And if they hang out my house, I have to watch them. And we did. And, and still they were kids and we'd find them kissing. And so after that, I said no more. And the rule was until you're 18, you're not allowed to date. Right. That's exactly. a rule that I put in place. So my mm -hmm. youngest, luckily, I mean, she was young enough where I said, Nope. You can have friends, but you cannot go alone yeah. with a boy anywhere. And you are not allowed to have a boyfriend until you're at least 18. Right. And that's, yeah. those are, these are rules that are absolutely, um, it, they sound unreasonable in modern times, but, but that's still his, from a historical standpoint, that's mm. absolutely huge. And here's the thing. Yeah. This is, you can frame it in it's a massive freedom. framing it in a different way and encouraging having it come straight from the, from your own heart, because right. mm -hmm. you know, kids are just like small, short adults. Okay. They mm -hmm. know they're developing and you tell yeah. them, you know, that you're worth something. And that honestly, yeah. when, um, when a, when a, a girl is raised in a household with a solid mother and a solid father. And, and honestly, guys, mm -hmm. you can even say that the affair, um, probably Tanya threw you down a different path because totally. these are mm -hmm. the consequences of sin in our lives. Yeah. Okay. But a young mm -hmm. girl who has a loving dad who says you're worth something, you're valuable. Mm -hmm. She's going to say, I'm so valuable. Yeah. I'm only yeah. going to exchange that value for something that's well, also let's, valuable. Let's also yes. break it down yes. to this. And, and I know yes. Tara, you have to go, but, and, and we'll round this off in prayer. And this is going to be a part one of a two, because we just very barely scratched the surface here, but I want to encourage um, parents. And then I also want to encourage those of you that have gone down the wrong path to go back and redeem your past. Cause that's really important. Yes. To yes. yes. Um, yes. And because you can redo it and make it like you did. Yes. Save yourself. He is the redeemer. Right. The like, and so all the stuff that we're talking about, like even with Tanya and Tara's parents, it is actually being redeemed. It may be a little while, yes. Tanya, yeah. Uh, yeah. to your future. And but recognizing the stuff that I think that in, in the church today, we don't take enough time to say my this the, the sin that that came through me affects mm -hmm. other people. And yes. the other people's that. sin mm -hmm. affected me right. and caused me yes. to then sin and make poor decisions. So you have to be able yep. to, to differentiate. So like yeah. Tanya, you're like, okay, so this sexual sin was in my house. So there's mm -hmm. demonic spirits that are all, always attached to, to adultery. Sin. So yep. there are demonic mm -hmm. spirits that were in your house. And when you separate that and say, this was put on me, this wasn't me. 
I don't know where There's it originated freedom with there. Your, your dad. Maybe it originated something in his childhood. I don't know. Maybe there, there, mm. there's a couple of the scriptures. One says when, um, don't think on things that you don't want to act out. And this is a paraphrase mm. because as you dwell on it, then the sin gets seated inside of you right. and the, mm. the less of the sin once conceived bursts right. sin. Right. Okay. The mm. less of the, the, the mind, the eyes conceive sin. So there are, there are sins that are actually conceived within ourselves. Yep. And then that, that mm -hmm. spreads to the people around us. Yeah. And then there are those sins and those, that lust that comes into our household. And this is why it's so important for parents and, and men and women. Once you have kids, it's not just you on your phone. It's not just you and your thought life. You're, you're right. actually can channel in the, the, if you can, if you can't be pure and holy, uh, for yourself, that's not the best motivator. Think about your kids because we mm -hmm. can do things mm -hmm. for other people that we can't do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And the mm -hmm. church doesn't do enough to differentiate between, um, like Tanya, this was put on me and then yeah. it became me. Okay. But mm -hmm. I guarantee you, if you had grown up in a loving, uh, household where your father and mother were both pure and holy and righteous the whole way through, you probably wouldn't have needed to fulfill that desire. That boy craziness mm -hmm. came on you. Okay. If your dad had mm -hmm. set you down and showed you your true value and said, Tanya, I'm praying for your husband. Well, not, He's not just pure. that though. He's going to be holy and mm. we're going to pray. We're going to get you in the word. We're going to setting that example that right. I value mm. your mom, mm. right. right. To mm. not do this. And, and we're not throwing anybody under the bus because it's, it's no, and yeah. the great. And, and the great thing is after, like, like that, that almost destroyed their marriage. That right. was before they met and understood the Holy spirit. Right. Mm. Yeah. Then they got spirit filled mm. and it did shift. Right. Now, exactly. Tara was younger, right? I was already older. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what, like what we talked about last time. It affects right. you because of the ages that you're at. They, when they shifted, mm -hmm. then it did become, I mean, like mm -hmm. I've had to live with my parents, you know, on and off as, as a single mom. Right. Mm -hmm. And my dad, I mean, starts every day and is in the word, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? It, it shifts. Yes. It, it yeah. shifted because and that's the testimony that truth Tara yes. says my parents, I got a different kind of set of parents Yes, and I got yes. on a different path, but yep. even yeah. maybe a little latency wasn't, yes. maybe that's why you weren't able to, you know, save mm -hmm. yourself perfectly for your marriage yep. um, because of that little latency there. We're always recognizing yeah. other, our, that it's really important what we put inside of, you yeah. know, our family and our friends yep. and our children. Um, that's all really important. Well, so I want to end this with yes. um, everybody kind of taking a final thought here and I'll make mine very brief. Um, guys, we are living in extreme times mm. and it must be combated with extreme measures. And what yeah. I mean by that is whether you are our age, Tanya's age and single, or um, you have children or whatever, the same principles apply. I believe in saving, you don't all have to believe this. I just do. I'm going to tell you myself, I believe in saving your kisses for marriage. Cause like my mom said, once mm -hmm. you start, you don't stop, but more important, I agree with you than what not mm -hmm. to do is if you are seeking God with everything in you and you set yourself so that when you meet that a person that you don't even entertain an idea, you don't date them, you don't, you whatever, you don't even, if they're of the opposite gender, you don't even really need to be friends with them unless they are in hot, passionate pursuit of Jesus Christ. And they are bearing mm -hmm. an abundance of fruit where they are talking to you about scriptures and they just, all they want to talk about is God, Right. And that's what we instill in our children. Mm -hmm. Not you can't date, even though those rules are really important. My mom put those on us as well. And I think that that is really important. But instead of having the emphasis on you can't date, but rather 
You only want to be with someone. We don't need to, I said this to a friend the other day. I don't go, and this goes across the board in every area of my life. I do not go banging down doors, knocking on them to see where God is behind that door. Is this dude God? Is this dude God? Mm -hmm. Or is this opportunity God? Or is this, I wait until the Holy Spirit gently whispers in my ear and says, that's the door, go Mm -hmm. through it. Mm -hmm. And so instead of Mm -hmm. dating around to try to find the person that you might be interested in, you wait, you don't need to be in a million in different relationships. Tara had one. Mm-hmm. One is enough. You should only have one mm-hmm. because then you end up like myself or Tanya, where you have a string of heartbreaks that you have to yeah. then go Walk and repair through. later mm-hmm. on. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I want to encourage you guys as parents, or even in your own lives as adults to just wait and tell your kids to wait for the whispering of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to go down these other paths. That's kind of my final mm-hmm. thoughts for today. Um, you know, this, we asked Tanya and Tara to come on and talk about pornography and the effects of pornography on their lives, but it even went, it went deeper into a lot of different areas that the church isn't talking about. And this is, this episode is definitely for men and for women and for men. I don't want you to feel guilty. I want you to know that God has a plan for your life, that he can cleanse your mind, that I have spoken to a lot Mm -hmm. of Christian men who have struggled with pornography. I would say that almost all of them have. And, um, you can come out of it and you can be pure and you can be holy and you can be righteous, but you know, and one of our good friends is Serge DeRosa and he actually helps men get out of pornography and sexual addiction. And the one thing that he would tell you is what Michelle said. If, if you're filled up so much with God, then it's like. Uh, I, my analogy in notes girls is like, you would never eat a pile of poo covered in chocolate. It is so repulsive yeah. to you. Yeah. You don't, a sin is so repulsive because you recognize that on the mm-hmm. other side of it is if you saw the devil looking at you and you saw like murder and rape and incest and you saw mm-hmm. what was on, you wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole, but it's because it's mm-hmm. covered in something that but seems it's, okay. It seems it seems okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the idea is to, to, if you are waking up and you're reading the, and you're reading the word and you're in worship and you're talking and you have a conversation with God, okay. Then all of that stuff, you won't even touch it. Cause it doesn't, you don't want it. It's not yeah, something that yeah. you would even go after. And, um, for, for all the guys who have uh, been shown images, stumble across images, um, it's not your fault. You can be totally, uh, completely redeemed. Like yeah. Tara said, you know, her husband, if there's mm-hmm. a st- scene, what goes in your eye gates, mm-hmm. you start to to think about, you know, if there's a kissy scene, just don't watch it. If there's a sex scene, fast mm-hmm. forward it, turn mm-hmm. you, cause you, we, we, Christian, mm-hmm. we ain't, we don't, we aren't designed to see other people have sex. Like just right. FYI, right. that's not a thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. a thing. We're not designed to do that because it does stimulate and it goes down the wrong path. It goes down the path of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, yeah. It's an orgy. You are it in, is. I mean, yeah. exactly. So watching somebody else mm-hmm. have sex is a homosexual act, guys. Yeah. If you want to say you're mm-hmm. straight, the problem with pornography is it makes men homosexual. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. maybe that's a good, mm-hmm. I, I, when, when guys say that they're like, I'm not homosexual. Yeah, you are. You are attracted <laughs> to watching a naked dude. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we, this is where it's all coming back to. And I want yeah. to encourage you guys that when you get into the Holy spirit and you get into the word, he can redeem it. Like it never happened. He can wipe your mm-hmm. mind clean. He can set you up. You can have a holy and pure marriage. And yes. what I love here about having the dynamic between Tara and, and, and Tanya and having your, even your parents' story, hopefully they're, they're great with having their testimony mm-hmm. on, on the screen, because mm-hmm. it is a testimony yeah. where they mm-hmm. said this thing happened and it wasn't probably because of internet pornography. There was no internet. Pornography. No. Yeah. This was a legit mm-hmm. straight up 
nasty old old fashioned affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that yeah, our dad, that's about. one thing. Our dad hates the computer. He he mm-hmm. won't. And mm-hmm. and I think part of it is because of uh, that, because he saw what it did. Do you have oh, to go to I have to go. I'm supposed to already be up at Kate's school. So I'll okay, you're talk fine. To you All right. We'll catch you next bye. time. Okay. Bye. Um, yeah, our dad, like that was something my mom is like, it's a good thing. Oh. You know, it's true. That's a very, very big reality. That was, you know, he was like, you know, one, I th- he thinks it's a waste of time, but two, he's like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I think he realizes I don't want to put that out there because it is, it's a risk, but I wanted to show, hopefully people could see this. I found this image and I shared it. And to me, it just touched me so much. And I don't know if people, can you see that? It yeah. says deceived. What it else says does it be, say? It says be not deceived. Okay. First Peter, but see that image. Yeah. Yes. Like Satan. Satan. And he's holding her as if, and he's kissing her. Yeah. yeah. And that image was so talked so much to me. And I said, the enemy roams around to see whom, whom he can devour. Be not deceived. Look yeah. with discerning eyes because this is what the enemy yeah. does. He's got her like this. Yeah. And she's looking like she's almost enjoying the kiss. If right. That makes sense. Yeah. I thought that was so huge. And it's no, something that, is that anyway. Okay. Yeah. That, no, that is. And that's the visualization is what you're saying. When you can visualize it, you'll run from it. So what are your final thoughts from today? Yeah, I guess the big thing is God is in the business of restoration. Mm. He loves to restore. It's the whole reason Jesus came. Mm. Jesus came to a broken world. He came to set the captives free. He did not come to set the people who thought they were free, free. He came to set those free who were stuck in bondage, who were slaved, enslaved to sin. So we have to remember that because there is a, a sense of that the enemy wants to come at you with guilt and shame. Yeah. And, and it's, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. Like the stuff that I talk about, that's vulnerable. That makes some people go, I don't want to talk with her. I don't want to be her friend. <laughs> Fine. I don't care. That's right. my reality. This part of what's made me, I would not be here knowing the word, having the word become part of me. Had I not gone through all that. Now that's a yeah. twisted way to realize but I wouldn't that created what I'm in now. So that, but that is because I got to a place of surrender and because I got to a place of going, Lord transform me from within. And that's, I think everybody can take that away. There's no need to stay in the shame or the guilt, but Jesus came for the sinners. Come on. He came for that. He knew he knew. And the other thing I was thinking about, this is not new. King David was supposed to be off at war. Yeah. And King David decided not to go to war. And because of that decision, he saw Bathsheba. Now she thought she was fine to be up there bathing because they were supposed to be gone at war. Yeah. Right. right, All the kingdom was at war on the battlefield. Yeah. Because he decided not to go. He saw her. And that is what led to the the David and Bathsheba story. And all of, I mean, ultimately he, he assaulted her. Yeah. You know, if the king calls, what is she going to say? No, he's going to kill her. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that there's a whole twist to that story that the church doesn't talk about. The church points at Bathsheba. You are wrong, church. You are absolutely wrong for preaching that. That is not what happened in that story. Bathsheba thought she was in her own 
you bathed on the roof. That's where their showers were. Yeah. She didn't think he he wasn't supposed to be home, if that makes sense. Right. So that, you know, this is not a new thing. And look, what did God say after did now David had consequences? Their son died. He had a consequence. But but what did he do? He always went back and repented. And he always went back and asked for his heart to be restored. It Amen. doesn't make you perfect, but it makes you a broken Christian that God can actually work in and restore. So, oh, and God called David a man after his own heart right. after he did all that. Right. Right. So, so there's, there's a story of redemption, right? It's redemption. So what you're saying is this, I, I like to tell our viewers this. God did not set you down a path of brokenness or sin or hurt or pain or abuse, right. but it will often look like he did because yeah. he's so good because at redeeming. He's so good at redeeming it that you think to yourself that I would never have gotten to this place in life if I hadn't mm -hmm. gotten through these hardships. And God's like, that's because I'm so good. And yes. so if you have been in, uh, maybe you're not on the other side yet. Maybe you're in the midst of the abuse. Maybe you're in the midst of an abusive relationship. Tanya, what can you say to somebody who's in a marriage that has this in it, that there is abuse happening? What do you tell them to do? A lot of people don't like what I have to say about that because a man who's addicted to pornography or a woman, it is harder to get off that addiction than cocaine. Wow. So in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I believe God heals. I believe God can set you free in an instant, but I also know that there are consequences and science that God, the way God created our brains, when you hurt yourself, if you break a leg, you have to go through rehab. Yeah. You don't just, it, now yes, God heals, but you still then have to walk that healing out. Right, right, So right. in my opinion, if that's present and Maybe people are going to disagree. I think the people need to be separated and that man needs to be in rehab working for at least a year to make sure his brain is rewired yeah, yeah. healing and rewiring of the brain, which I went through. It is an absolute. I went to some amazing Christian organ, Christian company or whatever doctors that do this and they teach you how to rewire your brain. And then in my opinion, that man should be taking lie detector tests mm. and it should be very, very transparent. And I, and I say that because I've worked with enough groups and organizations who have worked with hundreds of men who've walked out of this and the percent that stay out of it is, is lower than, than men who are addicted to heavy drugs. Wow. So it's, so, a, it's much so more intense. Where are some of these uh, resources? There's one here in Kentucky. It's called pure life. Um, that a lot of men will go to is just for men. Um, is there, is but they there, work with wives, but they work with wives, but they, but they, they don't like have a place for women. H how do you find help? Where do you go? So you I know like here in Chicago, we have a, uh, there was an, a group of inner healing people here. I don't know it off the top of my head, but there there's some organizations, I think maybe they're in Colorado, even, or Utah where some of them you can, you know, the man can go live there. Um, some of it is, you just have to be separate and then you have to have that accountability person. I don't think that they always have to be going to somewhere else. That's very, very expensive. There are places like yeah, that. The key is that you've got to work on the neuro 
uh, the neuro rewiring. You mm-hmm. cannot, I've never seen it successful where you just simply go and get prayer. I, I, I hate to say it that way, um, but I think it's the consequence of sin. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, you've got to do both. You have to go through prayer and inner healing and be delivered, but then you also have to take the steps for the rewiring of the brain because it's damaged. It's like drugs. It has damaged parts of your brain. Mm. You have to get the proper medical help to repair those areas of the brain. No, that's absolutely. So, and I huge. would tell I'm gonna I would tell people to get the medical help. There is I would tell you to fight the new drug.org um, because they or have, Exodus Cry or Exodus, Exodus Cry. Cry. There they've done a whole movie. Actually, it's fascinating. It's called Raised on Porn, and they've followed people and they talk to them. And every story, the person was shown something by the age of eight every single time. And then they got violent and then it did. It always led to heavier, um, you know, uh, what's that BDSM type stuff where it's, it's dangerous. It's you're hurting somebody at that point. Well, and I, wasn't it, um, Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahmer, wasn't it? One of them was interviewed. It was in jail. And he said, I don't remember which one it was, but one of these big names, everybody knows, you know, whatever rapist murderer. And, and they, and, and he said, every single man that's in here can trace their problems back to pornography. Yes. Mm-hmm. I a hundred percent agree with that. So that's the end game. And I want to also add another tool for you guys. Um, and then we're, we're going to end in prayer and this will be, we're going to just continue this next week or probably in two weeks. Um, after Christmas, we'll do maybe after new year's or something, but, uh, Leah and I come at this from, an additional a- angle. And that is the, the lifestyle that God intended mankind to live does not include electronics. As a matter of fact, it includes manual labor, working the land, mm-hmm. like yeah. having animals taking. Mm-hmm. And so I have made statements to people that again, not very popular, but how bad do you want it? When yeah. you, again, if you are filling your life up with something was, that is good, Ted Bundy, thank you. Good, godly, and wholesome the way that God intended mankind to live. It's not going to be as difficult to heal as it will be if you're going yes. to stay plugged into the matrix. So I've suggested to married couples who want to stay together. I'm like, okay, well, if you want to stay together, then you're going to need to sell your home. You're going to need to move out to the middle of nowhere get a landline cell phone and have one car. Okay. Change. I, well, but he's a computer guy. Well, maybe that's the problem. You need a yes. whole career change. Yes. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah. We are not intended to have this constant temptation of magazines in the grocery store, entertainment, uh, the internet, but Michelle, we can't live life without the internet. Well, then your wife has the internet and has the only access to the yeah. internet, right? Like these are the types of things. If you're out there and you have to take care of your pigs or you're birthing a calf, or you're, you know, taking care of your pigs or watching piglets be born. There's something so wholesome and so godly in that lifestyle mm-hmm. that it makes getting set free from something like this and there a are, lot easier. I want to encourage yeah. you that there it's are surefire, there but. are men who who have never been addicted to pornography. They do exist. Um, and there are, are, it's just never been part of their lives. Now they might be an older generation. And I recognize that these younger generations, people under 30, it's part of your life. Like you, you didn't have a choice. It's in your face, right? right? It's in all the music videos. Yeah. It's in, um, it's it's in every, it's in movies, TV. Yes. It's in in the commercials. You're right. We got, we got rid of 
I got rid of regular TV um, about four years ago. And so we have some of the streaming services, yeah. um, but even those are terrible. And my daughter, my 17 year old, I mean, like this kid is crazy. She's so funny. She won't watch if it's a movie that's PG 13. She catches it. I don't even catch it. Mom, I, I can't it. watch that. It says this. And I'm like, good girl. You're right. Thanks that's for catching awesome. It. So there is this thing. And if you guys like if you if you want to use it, it's called Vid Angel. And um, you can they've got a list of movies on there and they'll take it if you've got Amazon Prime or Netflix. You can nice. filter and out. you can filter out everything. And so you can Ooh, I gotta look for that or kissy scenes. And you I'm can... pretty sure Game of Thrones would start like this with all the filters. It would just start Game of Thrones and then credits. And that's what would get filter out on. No, but they but I, nobody needs to watch that kind of garbage. You guys don't watch these. things. Right. You know, and so it starts with with like I love and I'm glad that you brought your daughter into this at the end here, because I know you mentioned her briefly, but you've got your prodigal daughter. And yep. then you've got your son, but now you've yep. got your 17 year old daughter and you can see how oh, over the years you've been able to right a lot of yes. wrongs. Yep. And to me, that's a huge part of your testimony. Yeah, it is. And, and I've watched it. I've made sacrifices that, I mean, we moved back from Texas. I loved it in Texas. We moved back because she had, she, my dad is like her dad and she adores my dad and he has been He's actually really been the dad to both my son and my daughter, wow. my younger one. And it has made a life, you know, a, a huge change. And I saw she needed a father. Now, my mom also yeah. was kind of like my mom helped raise her when she was little and I was working. So my mom, I don't want to leave my mom out because she's also like been. But it has shifted as my daughter got older. My daughter was super close to my mom. It shifted when she got to that teenagehood and her and my dad. She'll call my dad. Hey, what's up? You want to go see a movie? Hey, no. you want to go to the store? Stop and, it. and so we moved back because I no, was noticing the down. I was noticing she was on her phone more. I was noticing the, the change when we were away from that. And we specifically moved back so that she could still have that. It sounds so like your parents and you guys need to move down to Texas. Well, that's the plan in about like a year and a half, maybe yeah. your parents will move too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I awesome. may move in with them. That's the funny thing because I love I, this. unless I do end up married or who then they could live with us. Well, too. If you do, I love this. Here's the thing. Our mom lives with us. We take care of our uncle. Um, and that's another thing that keeps life wholesome is a generational home and that we weren't meant to do life on our own. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, unfortunately because of public school and this is a different conversation. Yeah. Um, we're, as females, we're taught, okay, you're 18, you're going to go to college, and then you're going to live on your own. And that's not God's design for us, mm -hmm. because there are so many things. And 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 I do, I would love to do a switch on like how men are awesome. Uh, I at some point, because we we go, they're places. not all bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, we go places. And honestly, here's the cool thing. When men start to embrace the good things that God has called them to do. You want to take care of women and children. You want to be yeah. manly. You want to go out and chop the wood. You want to raise the animals. You want to, you want to live the natural you life. You want to sit down and read your Bible and with so, your kids and your yeah. wife. And like, this is something that for Michelle and I, we didn't, we grew up in the city. We grew up in apartments. We started taking care of our grandma and our uncle. And then we started to just do things outside and recognize, oh my gosh, it'd be really great if I had a man to, to do this chainsaw or I there, I'd it would be great if I had a man to help with this plumbing or help with this car. And, and, you know, there's a lot of men, they don't, you don't know how to fix cars. Yeah. You don't know how to plumb. You don't know how to do the things that would actually keep you pretty busy. 
yep. so that you don't have time. There's my, my one of my favorite quotes from uh, Thomas Jefferson um, is that he says that um, as long as there's land to be tilled, don't let a man be caught twilling the distaff, which is working, um, mm -hmm. which is actually it was a spindle thing in working in the cities. So he's like cities, wow. they um, they rob your morals yes. they rot your soul but when you're like think about it well look at our history yeah all you have to do is look at our history when big cities started to get exactly that's a whole other show i mean yeah. that brought in so much debauchery well think about it when where did cain go when he was cast out he went to the cities and so did the prodigal child cities, right so did the and prodigal so, child yes from the very beginning it's always Cities been have that way. been kind of the that's not where you want to be. And we have to talk to people later another time about how do those cities exist with Kane. Where are those? People? Oh, I know. Yeah, that's an es not eschatology. That's a, a creation, you know, versus whatever. Oh, yeah. right, right. Yes. How yes, did the yes, cities totally. get there with Kane? How did they? Yeah, that's a fun yeah. conversation. No, too, it though. is fun. It is fun. Speaking of fun, though, Tanya, I love you and I love Tara so much. And I'm so glad that we're having this conversation. And I do think that we definitely need our third episode to kind of dig into, because I originally I was, when we were planning this episode, I was thinking about calling today's show, the dangers of pornography, but actually we kind of got onto a whole different path. So I, I, Lee and I will have to be talking about what we want to call today's show, but I still want to get into the dangers and then also um, to kind of encourage men especially and i know this may be difficult for you guys to hear coming from females but a little bit more deeper on the spiritual aspect of the results and then how do you stay you know keep your mind holy maybe you don't have a porn addiction but maybe you could use a purification and a sanctification yes. of your mind totally. and and i hope that hearing it from tanya joy and tara and leah and i that it will really seat down in you to see these godly women tell you this is what women really want yeah. and think about it there's three of us here who are single we would love to find our man yeah but those men who are out there who they want a woman but that's what's going on yeah you're not going to find the woman that you want. Amen. That's that is high quality. I mean, really and truly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You have to be the high quality and the and, man and it is, takes the, work. Yeah. And they should be the leader. The thing is, is they're going to be held responsible. My exes, they're all going to have to stand before God for what they did. Amen. I mean, they really are. They, they don't believe that now. That's fine. Yeah. They will. They will have to. They will have to stand in and stand account for what they did to my kids yeah for this and exactly. what they did i mean and that's reality so and the church will too and, and the, church the church will too because you're talking about christians the church is deader than a doornail pastors male manly godly pastors um if you find one good for you yeah it's very very don't difficult. exist nobody's preaching the nobody's preaching a balance in relationships yep. it is it is it is few and hard, far between and so it's been up to a lot of women and then come up to the forefront. Right. But when Michelle and I go places, we say, men, we need you. I love we men. Do. I love godly men. And we've actually had the, the blessing because we had an abusive alcoholic father who went down a different path, but we've had the blessing of God bringing different men into our lives. Like men actually who, who would mentor us, who would mentor. And so we remodeled this house. We put in new windows and we had a, a, um, a contractor who was a Christian man. I guarantee you he's not addicted to porn, 
and Mark Coombs. Because um, you're working hard though. There you go. A lot of times men, if you're in, if you're, I just want to speak to you. If you're in computers and you have a porn addiction, you're in the wrong field. Yeah. I don't care how much money you are making. You're in the wrong field because most men that have a job that requires them to get up early, work physically hard all day long, and have no it. desire to look at pornography yep. ever. They just don't. So well, there's a spiritual in life. Exactly. But, the, but physical jobs are usually yeah. very fulfilling. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so anyway, I really want to get into kind of a whole nother layer to this onion and Tanya joy. We've not really done this on our show yet, even though it's a passion of ours and we've, we've worked with young men from teen challenge. And so we have a lot of the knowledge, but we haven't presented it on our show. And so I'm really glad to have you here. So in a couple of weeks, we'll have you guys back um, after the holidays and we'll go deeper into this, but I do want to go ahead and end in prayer because when you go down into this kind of depths of vileness, there needs to be a ceiling of it and, and a, and a cleansing. Yeah. Right. So I'll start off. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the Gibson girls, for these uh, two sisters who are willing to come on with us and talk about the real and raw issues and go deep and not be ashamed and not hide behind things. I thank you for Tanya Joy being willing to share her testimony and her story. And I thank you for the cleansing of shame for everyone that's gone through these types of things. I just pray that you will heal up anyone that's been listening and, 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 and their lives have been made bare to them today. And I just pray that you come in and you put salve on the wound now that we've cleaned it out and, and put the the soap in there and really cleansed it and gotten a lot of the dirt out. And I just pray that you help bandage that up. And Lord God, I just pray that you glorify yourself through these words that that instead of looking at the problems, we will look to you as the answer and the solution. And I just pray right now, we bind and gag Satan for for attacking the church. Um, We send you back to the pit of hell. You have come after our men. You have neutered them. You have demasculated them. And right now we say not anymore. You shall not do this on our watch. The women are standing up and we're going to say, you will not continue to slaughter our men and take them out of the fight because we need them. We need righteous men who would never even think to look at another woman in the flesh, much less online. So Lord God, I just pray that you cleanse the church so that we can step forward and be the body that we need to be in these crazy times. We know that we are headed into a, a, a crazy, um, next year, 2023, we don't know what's coming, but we know that the devil's going to be hurling his fiery darts. And we're going to need all hands on deck to come against this onslaught of the demonic forces that have been hitting us, especially since 2020. So we need our men, we need them back on the field. So I pray that you show these men how to do what Tanya said, to get away, to work this thing out, to get in rehab, to find you, to find their true calling, Lord God, and what they're supposed to do. And I just pray that you bless Tanya Joy for coming on and being willing to expose these lies and expose the darkness and the things that have happened to her in Jesus name. But I thank you so much for your word. I think that your word is pretty much is, is filled with people who had stories yes. and you are yeah. learning from those stories thousands of years later, whether it's, you know, uh, from Samson to David to, to, um, you know, even Abraham, you know, lying about his wife, you, you know, being a yeah. sister, there's a lot of different things that people have learned from and we get to learn from. And I pray father God, that our lives, our stories, that, um, we would be an open book and a testimony. I thank you, father God, that you are the great redeemer. I speak to every man out there, every woman out there. I pray father God for purity. I pray that you break the chains because he who sins is a slave to sin. And you came to set those captives free to, and I thank you, father. I just 
especially at Christmas. Chain shall he break. Amen. Uh, slave he is our brother. And I yes. thank you, Father God, that these people who are slaves to sin, they maybe they didn't choose it. Maybe it was hoisted on them. Maybe there's young people out there who said, I never wanted to see that image. That's you know, right. there's children out That's there right. who are being sex trafficked right now. We bind and gag you, Satan. We curse you at the root. Yes. I pray for America to rise up to be a holy nation once again. We plead the blood of Jesus. We call you forth, America. Yes. You're going to come out of the, 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 the depths of sin. You're going to come out of the depths of debauchery. We are going to speak truth to the sins of this world. And we are going to set people free because sin hurts people. Yes. It's not yes. about uh, being good or bad or having a, a big, bad God just, you know, uh, us fighting against you, Father God. It's about loving our, our brothers and our sisters. So whether it's homosexuality or pornography or drag queen story hour, I pray, Father God, that men and women will rise up and say, no more, enough. We are going to save our children's minds. We're yes. going to make sure they're purified so that uh, they don't have to grow up like Tanya, who grew up in the church, who married Christians and still is suffering today. Why? Wow. Because the church dropped the ball. Wow. Men of God Amen. in her God. life, pastors in her life, ministers in her life, dropped, they didn't drop the ball. They literally pulled in Ezekiel 34. They, they muddied the waters. They muddied the waters. Yes. They, they made it so that those who came to drink at IHOP or the closing, that they were drinking the blood of sex trafficking, wow. that they were actually drinking the blood of sin. And I thank you, Father God, that we are going to have pure, holy water to drink from. And so somebody preaches the name of Jesus. I yes. pray, Father God, that those trees would be holy and pure and righteous. And I pray, Father God, for some divine justice and judgment. And yes, those God. preachers who are in sin, I pray, Father God, that you strike them out, that you take them out so yes. they cannot be those wolves in sheep clothing anymore. Yes. And I pray, Father God, for accountability in heaven, because Father God, your word says that vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. So, so it's whether it's Tanya or Michelle or me or the hundreds of millions of other young people in this world who are suffering because men of God, and I will say it is men of God who have, who have gone after the Jezebel spirit, who have yeah. left the holy and righteous love of God, who do not know what it means to be the pure and holy bride of yeah. Christ. I pray father God that you take the pastors to the pews Yes. And and the patrons to the pulpits right now in Jesus' name, yes. there are great men and women of God, and they have not been given a voice because people don't want to listen to them because what they have to say is kind of hard wow. and harsh. And I pray, Father yeah. God, the words that come out of these people, they will they will shoot like just like your word of God. It can divide between bone yes, and God. marrow. That we do yeah. not use the word of God to harm, but we use the word of God to heal. But mm -hmm. we also use the word of God to cut yes, away God. those things that are rotten. Those, yeah. those things that are hurting, those things that abuse. Amen. And only you can do yeah. that. So we pray for a great discernment. We pray for the Father God, for men of God in this church to look at those who are causing uh, division, who are causing dissension, who are causing uh, yes. debauchery, who are causing abuse in this church, that men of God will look and say, no, you have to sit down. You cannot speak. And that we would not compromise uh, we were not compromised in our fight against evil and that we were not compromised with sin and that we were uncompromisable and that we would do so in a way that is loving and kind and pure and balanced in your Holy Spirit. We ask you for this. We commit our lives to you in Jesus name. Amen. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. And Father, I just ask as a seal that you would provide the images of hope, of mm. restoration to those who uh, have been in this dark place who may still be in the dark place, who are walking out of the dark place, who are walking out their journey 20 years, 30 years later. I just pray that you would continue to deposit nuggets of hope and vision of what you see 
for our future because you can provide that. You can provide us with how you see things from the future so that we can have that hope of what we're walking towards. And I thank you that you've done that for me. And I ask that you would bless others who have heard this story. I don't want my story told for a poor me. I want my story mm. told to say, God, you are good. Amen. I could not say you were good. And I can now proclaim mm. you are good. And you were good in every area that I was in darkness. You were still good. And you were waiting. And you are turning that into res restoration and redemption. And I thank you for that. You are the God of redemption. You are the good, good father. And I pray that you will impart nuggets of hope, mm, visions amen. of hope over every person who is watching this broadcast. Yes, Lord. From now into the future, however, I don't care if someone finds this five years from now. Come on. Let it be a moment that you deposit hope right into it's like i feel that i feel like someone's going to be watching this down the road and go well mm. that can't be for me because that they said that that day nope that's right god's word does not go back void that's right and i feel that he is wanting to deposit visions of hope he has good things for you his plans are for your a hope and a future allow him to show you those things Jesus mighty name. We thank you, God. And all glory gives goes to you. Amen. 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 Oh, that was so good. So absolutely good guys. I hope that you have an optimistic outlook for where God is taking the body of Christ. We have gone down to the depths and now the body of Christ is standing up and saying, I don't really want to eat Lucky Charms every day for the rest of my life. Exactly. I want the meat. I want the actual good food. I don't want to have these, these problems and these issues in my life. And so we are headed to a place where I truly believe where greater works than Jesus did, we will do. Cause that's what he said. He said, I go to the father and I think we're headed into a time of revival. And God spoke this to Leah and I a little bit ago and it, and it just hit me so hard that the time of revival can't come without a time of repentance, a purification and sanctification. Right. <laughs> so right. we're going to be going through the fire yeah. for a while as God purifies and sanctifies yeah. the church. But it's yeah. so that we can be there. You know, we talk about the, the jab and all of these things, right? We know what is probably going to happen to a lot of those people that did yeah. that. We need to be able to be there to lay hands on the sick and raise the dead. And we're not at that place because so we're we, not pure enough. We have yeah. not, we have not said, right. God, cut out every area of my life that is not of yes. you and draw yeah. me into your presence. Yeah. But that's where he's taking us. So get excited yeah. about what God is doing and know that your prodigal children are going to be coming home. Not just Tanya's, but yours. If you're watching, I know a lot of people are out there praying for their kids. Yep. They are going to be coming home because God needs all hands on deck in what we're about to go through. So Tanya, thank you for coming on the show. And Tara, who's not here, I'm so glad that she was able to join us for when she did. Uh, I know she had to go, but we love you guys so we much. We love God you guys you. too. It's like, we feel like we're long lost sisters. I know we are. We literally are. It's, it's a, it's, it was definitely a match made in heaven. Thank you, I Tom Renz. 
Yes. Um, thank you, Tom Renz. <laughs> for making the connection. Okay, guys, we will see you next time on Raw and Real with the Gibson Girls and Resistance Chicks. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. We'll catch you guys next time. Let's go.